studying together as a body, as a church throughout the week. I want us to be on the same page every week. I want us to be on the same page, studying the same things. I might even call on you to see what God gave you and what we've been studying. Amen. Because it's time for us to get it in, in our heart, in our soul, and begin to look at individuals as teachers of the word. The disciples. Not just to invite them to church. It's got to be more than that. But to build them, encourage them, inspire them. Amen? Amen. Jesus. Just write this down. Everyone have a pen and paper and 
again, notes. We gotta start taking notes and including myself. I'm gonna just take notes on everything. Just every time the word gets most forth, I'm just gonna take notes. But we want we want to start here at the church. Every time the word is brought forth here at Grace Temple in our direction, if we are going to go together as one body, then we need to study as one body. And then we need to work together as one body. Not to knock anything that the Holy Spirit has told you to study. Continue that. But within your studying, within taking your time with God, let us study together on something as one body. Amen? One of the things that came to me was the Dead Sea Scrolls. This doesn't have nothing to do with my message, but I want us to be included in this this week. Because one of the things is that we must understand is, is the world today is trying to down the Word of God. Right, right. It's trying to say that the Muslims use the Word of God and they use, they say the Word, they say the Old Testament and the Bible that we have today, it has been translated so many times that it's not worth anything. All right? And we need to know, and we need to study, and we need to know our truth. Amen. We need to know the Word of God and know that our truth. And when I begin to look up the Dead Sea Scrolls, and those scrolls were written thousands and thousands of years ago. Let's, let, me, let me do a demonstration. Um, Noah, Mahogany, can you please come up? Cherish, John, oh, John's up there. Laura, you can come up. All you young people back there, y'all come up too. <laughs> Y'all come up. Amen. Yeah. You can come up. I'm going to do a little demonstration. Alright, you remember the game where you tell somebody something in one year and you're supposed to pass it down and the last person's supposed to say it? Y'all know that game?
distorted. So you got other religions saying that this can't be true. Because over thousands and thousands of years, other people have put their twist to it, did this to it, and did that to it. So whatever we're studying right here, whatever we're believing in, is not true. Saints, it's important that we know the word of God. When they found those Dead Sea Scrolls thousands and thousands of years ago, they said it's exactly what we are studying right now, today, in this Bible. The message has not been distorted. And the Dead Sea Scrolls are the proof of that. That the message has not changed over thousands of years. Thousands of years. The message has not changed. It's still the same. Saints, it's important that we understand this and know this and teach it to our children how powerful the word of God is. It's important that we understand apologetics and, and begin to build our children up in the faith to understand what it means to follow the word of God. Take time this week. I want you to study the Dead Sea Scrolls. I want you to look into, I had the website, I'm sorry. Just kind of look it up, look up some things, and I want you to look up uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls compared to the book of Isaiah, all right? And the book of Isaiah was mostly what they found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, uh, and there's an awesome story behind it of how these scrolls were hidden and why they were hidden in the cave. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And so I, I want us to make sure that we study it this week and we're going to look into it. And then I'm going to talk about it a little bit next week more about it. But it's important that we understand how powerful the word of God is and how it does not change. It does not change. Whatever, I, whatever we go through the word of God, it is true. It is true. It is so true. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today I want to talk about go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. We want to, we don't want to just convert. We want to turn this conversion into discipleship. Amen? Let's go to the next slide. The series is based off of this scripture. Alright? In Matthew, oh that's all. That's alright. In Matthew 28, verse 19. Write down this scripture, Matthew 28, verse 19. Part 1 and part 2 is going to be based off of this scripture. In Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to more so talk about that scripture more so in part two than part one. But today in part one, I want us to get an understanding of who we are. Before we can even make disciples, yeah. we got to understand that we are able yeah. and we have the power yeah. to make disciples. Yeah. First, you have to understand that you are made yeah. and you are created to do this job. Amen. To go forth and do the work of the Lord. Some of us feel that we're not adequate enough, we're not able enough to go forth and make disciples. Sometimes we're just barely dragging through this thing. Amen? Just getting up, barely making it to church. Just barely making it to Bible study. Just barely making it, studying our words, seeking his face. But you, it's more than that. You can, If you know who you are in yourself, it will give you a zeal to yeah. get into the word of God because you are responsible. God has given you the power and the ability to have authority to make men and women of God. Yes. Amen? Amen? Let's go to the next slide. Our understanding for today. What makes a disciple of Christ? How do we make disciples? That's next Sunday. But today I want to deal with what makes a disciple of Christ. What makes a disciple of Christ? Repeat that. What makes a disciple of Christ? How do you know you're a disciple? Many say we have converted, but don't become disciples. Yeah, I accepted Jesus on Sunday. I accepted him. And then we, they, people, they walk right out. 
and nobody knows where they go. They walk right out, and nobody knows where they go. And they have been lost. When Jesus called the twelve, and he, he was with them, he followed them. I mean, he, they followed him, and he was with them, and, and, and he didn't leave them to the side. And when they, had, when they had questions and when they didn't understand anything, he was right there to explain what needed to be explained, to grow them, to build them, to teach them, so they can move forward in the work of the Lord. I don't want people to be left behind, saints. Man. And it should be in all of our hearts that we don't want anybody to be left behind. And so it is our duty, it is our, it is our obligation to know who we are and what makes a disciple of Christ. We're going to go to John chapter 8, starting at verse 31. Let's go to the next slide. John chapter 8, verse 31. We're going to start at verse 31 in John chapter 8, starting at verse 31. Write the scripture down and begin to study because we're going to be in, um, in John chapter 8. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, amen, if you abide in my word, if you can, can you say abide in my word? Abide in my word. You are my what? Disciples indeed. Can we read that again? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Let's stop right there talking about abide. Yes, sir. If you abide in my word, what does that mean? If, if you look, the, the word in the, in the, in the Greek, uh, the, 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 the Bible is written in Hebrew, and if you look at the meaning in the Greek word, it means to continue. It means to stay. It means to follow. Amen? So there is action taking place here. He said, if you abide in my word, that means if you continue in my word, if you keep seeking my face, it's a clear sign. It's a light bulb. Beep. You are my what? Disciples indeed. You are my disciples indeed. If you abide in my word. Now, now let's, let's look at this in the natural. If you, if you were a, a, a supervisor at a company and, or a manager at a company and, 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 and the company tells you um, what to do as far as a, a movement in the process or as far as what is being done, a change in the process, and they tell you to implement that change and implement that process, and you go out there and you start implementing your own process and you start doing your own thing, you're not even reading the process no more. You're just going, I don't even like just talking to those what I don't even like what they're doing. I don't even know what they're trying to do here. We're we going to do it this way. How long do you think you're going to abide in that company? Not long. Not long at all. You don't miss the whole process. You ain't reading the process. You ain't studying the process. You ain't trying to teach nobody the process. And you're not going forward with the process. How long do you think you're going to survive at you're going to be you're going to get, get unemployment? You're not going to have that job? How can you call yourself an employee, a manager, or supervisor representing your company, representing where you belong, and you don't even follow the process that was given to you? You don't even study the process. You don't even look into the process so you can teach others the process, so they can follow the process, so they can be successful in the process. But you gossiping and doing your own thing. You get with other folks and I look at so and so. Look at look at the, look at the production manager. Look at what he's doing. Look how he's doing stuff. I don't even like it. I don't. You you need to quit. Right. You need to go. You become a cancer to the company. If you're going to sit around and talk about the ministry and talk about what God is doing, you become a cancer to the ministry. You become a cancer to what God is trying to do. Yes. 
you abide in my word. You are my disciples. Indeed. That means I will continue yes. and I will follow yes. the word of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to be slipping and dipping and trying to do my own stuff. I'm not just going to praise him with my lips and my heart is far from me. Come on, come on. Come on now. And in, in, the, in the next verse it says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you what? Free. Free. Y'all gotta say it louder than that. Free. 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 One more time. Free. Free. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. free. It will make you free. Yeah. It will take you and it will make you free. When you get into the word and you abide in the word and you abide in the process and you abide in what God is trying to tell us and what he's trying to teach us and what he's trying to do in our life, the word of the truth will not fail you. The truth of God, the word of God will not allow you to lose. You will not lose. You will not fail. The truth will set you free. It will set you free. The goals will be met. No matter how the struggle may look, no matter how hard the trial may seem like, if you follow the process and abide to what God is teaching us and telling us, the truth will make you free. In the company we follow what's been studied and what's been planned and what the company has set forth in place it, it might be hard sometimes. Some people might not want to follow it sometimes. But you as the production supervisor, you as the administrator, must be bold enough and try and use wisdom and knowledge to get people to fall in line with the process so they can be set free. Oh, Jesus. Our children, our bosses, our, our, our employees that surround us, wherever we go, as you follow the process and abide in the process, God will give us the wisdom to lead and guide yeah. people to the truth so they can walk freely. Yeah. If you believe in the word of God, you know if you walk in the truth, it will make them free. But you must be free yourself. Yes. You must believe this thing yourself. You must abide in the word of God yourself. Let's go to the next slide. In John 8, 33, it says, They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants. So they were sitting back. Now look, look, look at the situation here. So Jesus was telling them this, and they, they sat back, and they began to look at this thing naturally. Mm-hmm. They said, Well, Jesus, we are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone, so how can you say you will be made free? They look at themselves, they're like, man, I'm not in bondage. I don't have no chains on me. I don't have, I have nobody ruling over me. I can eat what I want. I can sleep how I want to sleep, and I, I, I can go where I want to go, so I don't understand, Jesus. What are you talking about? If I follow you, I'm all, I seem to be already free. They were talking about their natural freedom or what it looks like on the outside. But they were slaves to sin with the penalty of death. And they couldn't even see it in the spiritual. But Jesus used the natural to explain to them what was happening within the spiritual. So in the next verse, Jesus used the natural to explain to them. Because what he was talking about, I will make you free because... You have a penalty of death on your head. Mm-hmm. You are chained up in a slave to doing wrong. You are chained up in a slave to not living right. No matter how many times you try to live righteous, it's all through the Old Testament. No matter how many times the Jews tried to live righteous, they could not do it. They could not obey the law. They could not follow the law because they had this death penalty on them. They had this flesh on them. And all the desires of the flesh kept bringing them back under the slave. Being a slave to sin. And they couldn't be free. 
And saints, we are looking out there and we see people today and they're a slave to sin. But they look at you and say, man, I'm free. I'm free to be and do what I want to do. I'm free to be a homosexual if I want to. I'm free to cuss and curse and I have a freedom of speech. Say what I want to say. I'm free. I can commit fornication. Who to stop me? I'm free. I commit adultery. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. But those desires and those fleshly desires and those habits, yeah, I'm free to drink. I'm free to I can dope up a little bit if I want to. I'm free to do that. I can do that if I want to. But it's those very same things, it's those things and sin that have chained our people and that have chained your, the individuals that surround us. It is chained and it's keeping them under slave and it's keeping them under uh, uh, the conditions of sin. And if they truly wanted to break it, they could not break the habit because it's too strong. Some of us have been in situations of habits we've been trying to break Trying to break, trying to break, going to AAAs and BBBs and CCCs and FSFs and DDDs. Still could not break the desire and the habit. But until you step and begin to abide in Jesus Christ, the truth came in and the truth had made you free. It made you free. Hallelujah. It made you free. Let's go to the next slide. Jesus answered them. See, he broke this thing down. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. If you commit a sin, you are a slave to it. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Now, we have to, in order for us to understand this, we have to go back to Abraham again. Because they put the Abraham question out there. Because they said we are Abraham descendants and we you know we, we're free. We uh we are free. But Jesus explained it this way. I believe this was the first stage of baby mama drama in the story. <laughs> baby mama drama right here. I'm about to tell you all. This is how it started. This is how it started. <laughs> Abraham, are you ready? All right. Abraham. Couldn't have any kids, and Jesus was telling them, "I'm gonna get, I'm gonna bless you with a son, man. I, I, I'm gonna bless you. I, I, I make promises to you. I, I, I'm gonna make sure you get there." But it was, it was tough for Abraham and, and Sarah, and, 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 and it was a struggle for them. And they were like, "Where, God? Where are you, God? This, I, what, you promises this, and, it's, and it doesn't seem to be happening." And some of us have been there, right, Amen. You're like, God, I'm praying for this thing. And, I, and, and you promise us that we're, we're the head and not the tail. We all do that scripture, don't we? You say, God, you say, I'm the head and I ain't the tail. What's going on? Amen. So Abraham was in his possessions. He's like, God, what's going on? And Sarah got fed up. And see, what's happening is that when we don't abide in Jesus anymore, we start making our own plans yeah. and doing our own things and we begin to step outside of the plan. All right? We begin to step outside of the plan because, because we get impatient. It's not working the way we want it to work and the enemy is like, here, I got the choices for you. You can get your feel good right now. You can get your satisfaction right now if you come out out of Jesus and just step into my world. Amen? And some of us have been there when we trying to get the quick feel good and we was out there in the world and we kept getting it quickly and quickly and it just tore us up. Oh, Jesus. Yes. It just messed us up. So Sarah got fed up and she said, you know what? Go ahead and sleep with one of the slave girls. One of the bond, bond girls and sleep with her so we can have a child because I'm getting too old and and I'm starting to lose faith and I'm getting too old for this and I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to have children so why don't you go ahead and let's step out of God for this moment and just go ahead and sleep with the slave girl. Amen? Yeah. Come on, man. So Abraham went off and, 
and, and he slept with a slave girl. And when he slept with a slave girl, they had a son named Ishmael. And so now he had this boy named Ishmael. And, and, and Ishmael came and, and uh, oh man, he was the pride. And oh my goodness, Abraham finally had a son. But now here comes Jesus' promise coming into play. And Sarah had a son named Isaac. Now remember, he was born, Isaac was actually born within the family, within the master's family. Are you with me so far? But Ishmael was born outside of the household. He was born outside of the family. Now, every time uh, the bond girl or the slave girl walked around Ishmael and walked around Abraham, Sarah got kind of jealous. It was like, what's going on? I don't like her coming around with Ishmael all the time now. You know, Isaac, I, I, you know, I just had Isaac. Isaac is the one. You know, so Ishmael was the firstborn, and then that time, the firstborn got everything. And so here comes the bond girl walking around with Ishmael, and Sarah's looking like, no, Isaac is supposed to be the one, the first one. He was born actually within this family, within the household. He is supposed to walk in authority over all this stuff. And, and so Abraham was dealing with this back and forth. You know, he was probably the bond girl saying, don't come around here because Sarah, she gonna come over here and see you and she gonna be mad. <laughs> I'm trying to keep peace between y'all here. Amen. Don't call me at 9 o'clock. Because my real, my, my one who I'm with don't like that, baby mama. Amen. <laughs> you trying to keep a relationship there because I got the son. It's from my son, but this causing conflict in the room. Amen. And so now... It caused so much conflict and so much confusion, he had to kick Ishmael and the bond girl out of the fam out of the tent, out of the covenant. Amen? And he had to do that because Isaac was actually born within the household. He was actually born within the gene of Abraham and Sarah. So he had no choice. He had to get rid of because it was causing too much conflict around the area. So it goes back to what Jesus was saying. He said, Jesus answered him. He said, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever. What he was saying was, you're trying to say you're Abraham of the sin, uh, 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 descendants of Abraham. But Abraham had a, a, a baby out of wedlock, a, a slave. And he had to kick her out of the home. Why? Because he committed sin. And the sin could not stay there. The sin could not last there. And it could not abide in the house any longer. So what Jesus is saying, if you continue to sin, did you not forget Abraham had to kick the sinfulness out of the tent because it caused so much havoc within the home? Are you with me? When you continue to sin and say that you accept Christ in your life and you continue to walk this thing under Jesus Christ, he's saying, how can you abide and say you abide in the household and you're a slave to this sin? You got to go. You can't be here because you're, what you're saying is that you're not born within the lineage. You're not truly born within the house. You're not truly the son. Ishmael wasn't truly the son. The son was Isaac because it was in the proper order. It says, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now you see how they capitalize the S and L? Jesus was talking about himself. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. What yes. he was saying is, yeah. Yeah. we must be born again. Yeah. Right. 
into a whole nother kingdom, into a whole nother world, into a whole nother atmosphere. You can't, you can't come into this thing and, and, and be still a part of being born in sin. You have to have a whole new birth. You have to have a whole new transformation. You got to walk in the eyesight and say, God, I want to change my life. Let me be born under your lineage. Let me be born under Jesus Christ so I can live right. I can walk right. I can talk right and not be under the bondage and under the slave of sin anymore. I can't be under the sin anymore. I need to be set free. I need to be. I need to be able to move. I need to be able, able to walk freely. But I, 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 I need. I need the proper stamp. You know, when the when the slaves were able to get free, they had to have a proper seal. Right. And if they didn't have the proper seal, they were still considered as slaves. So when you get born into Jesus Christ, He's giving you that proper seal that's saying that you are part of the kingdom of heaven, that you are part of God the Almighty, that you are part of the true Father, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. You have a priesthood. You are, are important. You have power. You have authority. See, when when the Son became in place, see the Son gets all the authority. Yes, sir. The true Son gets all the power. Yes, sir. The, the true son has the authority to call and say this and, and make directions and make demands. Why? Because he is following the father and he is under the guidance of the father because it's what his father says the son portrays and he moves forward because he's following his father. And when you begin to be, when you say you are born again and born into Jesus Christ, it is not you anymore, but you are now following the Father. So the same authority that the Father has is what you have. And now when you begin to speak over your trials and tribulations, when you begin to speak over your discouragement and your depression and over your fear, now you're not speaking out of just Jerry Cornet, but I'm speaking with authority, with the power of Jesus Christ who has power over the depression, who has power over the fear, who has power over the addiction, who has the power to make relationships, who has the power to rise up, who has the power to encourage me. I have authority to speak in life in every situation in my life. I have authority. Why? Because I'm born again. I'm born again. I'm born under the true father. I'm not born under the slave of sin. The Bible says I was born in sin and then shaped in iniquity. I was born in sin. I was in part of the Father. I was born in sin. I didn't have no authority. But until I was born again, all power and authority was given to me. When you were born again, saints, power and authority is in your hand. We must be born again, walking in a life and knowing that we are born again, walking in a life of authority, free from sin, a changed life. And the, and the more we abide in the truth, the more we realize who, who we are and the truth of your identity. Do yeah. you know your identity? Yeah. Yeah. And the purpose will make you free. When you begin to realize your identity yeah. and who you are, I'm, come on, please realize who you are. Realize your identity, that you have the power to speak and the power of authority to live right, to talk right. You have the power and authority to pray over somebody's life, to pray blessings over somebody's life, to pray that they will change. And then you have the power and authority to bring them closer to Jesus. You have the power and authority to draw them. Why? Because Jesus Christ is standing right behind you. And he's doing the drawing. Why are you doing the work? Why? Because the authority is in your hand. Because he's giving it to you. Because you're born again. Do you know your identity? Do you know what you are supposed to do while you're here on this earth? Do you know what you are following? Do you know? Do you know? Your past, your life story has tried to create you. I want you to understand this. Your past, your life story Satan is trying to create you with your life story. 
Satan is trying to create you being born in sin and all the circumstances and the things that you have faced in life. All, 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 all of the, uh, maybe, maybe you didn't have a father in your home. Maybe you didn't have this in the home. Maybe you were molested. Maybe you've been raped. Maybe you've been abused while you were growing up. And Satan has tried to build your story. Satan has tried to build your identity. There are young people now shooting each other. Why? Because they don't know their identity. They've been brought up under the life story of what Satan has placed them in because of generations. Generation after generation, fathers are leaving the home. The streets are messed up. They can't find a real job because they're not being taught how to work a job. They're not being taught how to live. They're not being taught their true identity. And when they don't know their true identity, they're getting left over to what Satan has been giving them. And they've been giving them a law, a lost story. And now they're living this lost story. Now they can't live correctly. And because they can't live correctly, we got to walk around in fear. Gotta hide our person. Check our wallets. Lock our doors when somebody walk past. Y'all done that? <laughs> hey man, you don't look too right. Let me just click. That's almost the worst. I tell my wife, I said, baby, please, please don't lock the door when they're walking past. <laughs> Try to catch it when they're down the line when they don't hear the click. And push it and get 
what? They got, they got fathers. They got, they got parents on individuals. Hey, baby, don't give up. Yeah, you can make it. That's what Jesus is doing. When we abide in him, he's saying, no, get back up. You can make it. We're not going to be perfect. We might fall sometimes. But he's like, baby, you can get up. Keep on walking. Keep on seeking my face. Keep on, keep on continuing and abiding in my word. I'm going to show you how to walk. I'm going to show you how to run. I'm going to show you how to have authority. I'm going to show you how to be a man. I'm going to show you how to be a woman. I'm going to show you your true identity of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. You can't stay a baby in Christ. You can't see a baby. You must grow. True story. True story. Y'all ready for this? True story. There was a man, I think he was 35, 40 years old. He said, I want to be a child. He said, I want to be 10 years old forever. I think he was younger than that. He said, six or seven. And they accepted it. He went back to being a child. He stopped working a job. When, when the other kids come and play, he play around with the other kids. Ah! Like he was a child. And ran around like he was a child. When we continue to stay as a baby and don't grow, we're going to have issues. They're not going to keep taking care of that grown man forever. <laughs> you going to change a grown man diaper? <laughs> you got to grow up sometime and learn how to be potty trained. You can't stay in that state forever. It's time for you to grow or you're going to be knocked down in life. And if you're not growing, that means you're not a disciple because it's those who abide in the truth will make you free. This might be another bad example. Listen to this. <laughs> what if I acted in the story? All right? Now, we talked about being a, uh, that, that individuals are not knowing their identity, they're, they're growing in their life story, that Satan has put them in the story. What if I was an actor in a story? That where I had to abuse in my children and abuse my wife. And I grew up, and the reason why is because I was abused. This was my, this is my character. This is how I acted. Amen. And so I had to play this role. And I had to play this role up in the story. And after my role was done, what if I went home and kept playing in that role? What if I went home and kept acting? the story that was given to me? What if I went home and actually hit my wife? What if I went home and actually beat my children? I know what my wife would do. She would hit me with a frying pan and say, remember that that is your path. That is not your life. Know your identity, who you are. You are not that actor. You are not that person in that story, but you are a loving husband. You are the one that takes care of your children, and you do not beat your wife. Amen? <laughs> and after seeing the stars and waking up, I'm like, you're right, baby. That's right. <laughs> but that's how it is in life. Yes. When you be, become born again, yes, sir. Jesus come in and said, wake up. That is not who you are. You are like an actor messing up, doing the wrong thing. But now when you're home, I have brought you into a heavenly home. I have brought you into the place where you need to be. You don't have to be subject to your past. I have forgiven you. I have set you free. Matter of fact, I made you free with the truth of knowing your identity. Satan wants your story to be your life. He wants your identity to be a product of the sinful world. He wants you to be, he wants people to be a display of his work. That's why he's acting like young children. That's why, because he know that he heard, he heard God say, I call the young because they're strong. You, the enemy heard that. And so now he's after our youth so they can be a product of his work. So they can be a product of what he's trying to corrupt and what he's trying to do. And he's after our youth because they are 
and they have influence and now he's trying to take over and use generation after generation. Why? Because he knows that the youth are the strength and he's trying to attack our young people. But we need to understand that we must go out and go forth and change their identity and let them know this is not who you are. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We need to tell people that's not who you are. What happened to you in your past, that is not you. That is not you. Our life in this world does not have to shape our identity and chain us to the death and sin. Our story doesn't have to end in sin. Believe the truth that we can be born again within the kingdom of heaven. People need to know that they can be born and renewed again. Knowing that my father has authority and he has has passed the authority onto us. Our enemy wants us as Christians to get back entangled in sin. He doesn't want us to have truth and abide in the truth because he doesn't want you to be a disciple. Why does he want you to be a disciple? Let's go to the next slide. Last words of the day. Our enemy wants us as Christians to get back entangled in sin. He doesn't want us to have truth and abide in truth because he doesn't want you to be a disciple. Why? Because a disciple makes more disciples. He wants you to stay trapped. He just wants you to stay in the loop of church. Church, 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 not doing nothing outside of church, not seeking his face, not abiding in him. Not living the way we are supposed to live in him. Why? Satan wants us to keep us in that mind frame and think that church is just enough. Why? Because he doesn't want you to make disciples. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want you to install nothing into your children, into your grandchildren. He doesn't want you to install nothing into them. Why? Because he knows if you begin to install into them, you begin to make disciples. And when you make them become disciples, then they can teach others to be disciples. He doesn't want us to follow Jesus. He doesn't want us to abide. I tell you the truth today. Know who you are. Know your identity. Begin to abide in the word of God and make disciples. Next week we're going to learn how do you make disciples. What do we, what do we need to do to make disciples? So I pray today that you get this word of God and keep it in your heart. And I want you to begin to pray. Lord God, how do I make Pray this week. This is our prayer this week. How, Lord God, how can I make disciples? Help me, Lord, to God, see the opportunity and look at others as disciples. Help me, Lord, to look at other individuals. Help me to look at children as disciples, that they can go forth and teach your word to other little children, that they can go forth and teach your word, whoever they come across with, to their family members. Lord God, help me to become a disciple. That is our prayer this week, saints. Tweet it, Facebook it, throw it out there to the members that are not here today. Tell them that this is our prayer this week, that we go forth and make disciples. Let us all stand.